going to talk today about grace for living. Amen. And um, I have, uh, over the years, have done a lot of a lot of messages on grace. Um, but I kind of got to looking at it, and I got to realizing I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever done a series on grace. I don't know why that is. I've spent a lot of time talking about it here and there. But uh, today, I believe that what I kind of got in my heart is that this is the start of a series. Talking about grace for living. Amen. How many know there is a grace for living? There's a grace to do what you're called to do. A grace to, amen, to, to parent. A grace to, amen, to serve. A grace, amen, in every capacity of life, amen, there's a grace that's uh, available to you to walk in, amen, to be empowered, to fulfill what you're called to fulfill, to be what you're called to be, to walk out what you're called to walk out, amen, to finish what you're called to finish, amen. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Hallelujah. And so we're going to talk uh, about that over the next, I don't know how long, but uh, we're going to start in the book of Acts, chapter 20, please, the book of Acts, chapter 20. Hallelujah. And I'm believing you have ears to hear today. And I'm going to ask that you have and purpose to have an ear to catch all of it. And don't you shut me off when I say something that goes a little cross grain something you don't like. I may kick over a couple sacred cows, but that's okay. Come on, somebody. Because I think that we need to get an understanding of what's readily available to us so we can fulfill what we need to fulfill. Amen. There's, a, there's kind of a deception of grace that's out there uh, a little bit. Right now, the vac- I don't know how it all happens, but there's even a little bit of a squirmish out there in some parts of the body of Christ because of grace, and uh, which is, to me, just a sure sign they need it. I'll leave that alone. Um, but I think there's just some misunderstandings about some things, and so we're going to find out what the Scripture has to say about it. Amen. And so I'm going to challenge you with something right, right off the bat that sometimes you have to stop and you've got to get honest with yourself because if you look around, not even only in our own lives, but in the lives of others maybe that we know or things that we've seen, we see a lot of people out there that have a calling, but that calling has been cut short. They have a gifting, but that gifting has never really come into fruition. They have a leading, but it's never manifested. And for the most part, not all of it, but for the most part, it's due to a lack of grace in their life. And so if we get honest about it, we can see, amen, that sometimes in our life we have literally been cut short of an empowerment that's readily available. And so with that said, Chapter uh, 20 of the book of Acts, in verse 32, this is, of course, Paul addressing the, um, 
really it's the, the elders uh, at Ephesus, and so he's addressing them concerning some things. And he makes this statement in the middle of it. He says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. Everybody say the word of His grace. That word, word there, W-O-R-D, is the word logos, okay, which means an inspired word. Okay. Now, earlier in uh, verse uh, 24, he calls this uh, the gospel of the grace of God. So he's talking about, you know, with everything that he's done and doing, he says that there isn't anything that I've done, anything that I've called to, anything I've fulfilled that I haven't done with, uh, except by the grace of God. Paul makes that real clear. And as we're going to find out over the next, you know, how many weeks this will be, uh, Paul was very adamant about the need for grace in our life. Amen. A lot of his teachings, uh, or he, he uses the comparisons or the, uh, of, of both ends of the spectrum concerning uh, grace and the law. And grace, when it really comes down to it, is about, all about His power. The law is all about your power. And that's why it breaks it down. And anytime you try to do everything in your power, guess what? You're going to come up short. You're not going to fulfill what you've got to fulfill because no man can do it without the grace of God, without His empowerment. The word grace, all right, uh, the Greek word is choris, okay, which means a gift, benefit, or favor. Okay, a lot of times that's where most people uh, will teach concerning the gift of grace, the benefit or the favor of God concerning the grace. But when you look it up, it means uh, it also uses another phrase, and actually it's the first phrase. It says a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. Okay, so what? Grace is, is a divine, a God, divine, a God thing, come on, a divine influence, all right? Now, the word influence uh, means, uh, in fact, I wrote it down here, it means the capacity or power to produce an effect on or in another. It is the capacity or power to produce an effect on or in another. It means to impact. So if somebody's, like right now, hopefully... I said, hopefully, I am impacting you. Hopefully, I am influencing you. Now, the only reason that I can influence you, whether those in the room, those watching or listening by Internet, the only way that Pastor Jerry can influence you is by you giving me your attention, your time. Come on setting aside everything else, and locking in with your ears to hear, come on, or eyes to see, somehow or another, you're allowing me to influence you. Are you with me? See, those that ain't here today, those that are not listening, those that are not a part of anything that we're doing or watching or, or taking heed to anything that we've said or done, see, I'm not influencing them doesn't mean that I couldn't or doesn't mean that I hadn't in the past. But right now, I'm not influencing them. See, there's a lot of people that say uh, Word of Victory is their church. They don't come. So they say we're their church, but we have no opportunity to impact them, to influence them because they don't come or they're not listening or watching. Trying to make a point. Divine influence works the same way. 
If we don't give God our time, our attention, we don't look to Him, draw near to Him, we can go all day long saying, I, I, I'm of God, belong to God. And in the meantime, you're not being influenced on a daily basis. So what happens is you go on living life in your strength. The whole time, grace is readily available. A divine influence upon the heart. Now, the word heart, okay, means uh, core or center. It refers to uh, the, the seat of um, control, the seat of control or seat of decision-making, the will, okay, the heart of man. Okay, now, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but it's the inner working of the spirit, soul, and body. How that's without your will involved, without... Your heart involved, you can, shut, you can shut any of those components down because you make a decision. That's why it says, Jesus even said, out of the heart of man comes good, bad, and ugly. It's all based on what you choose, what you're going to let control your life, what you're going to choose to let your will submit to or yield to. Are you hearing me? So we're talking about a divine influence upon the heart we're talking about a connection. When you come unto God, you're now allowing God through your time with Him to impact, to influence, to impart something into the seat of control. Why? So it can truly be now reflected in your life. A lot of Christians live without that. Am I in the right house today? A lot of them live that without grace. <clears throat> the deception of grace is that just because we're saved or just because we know God, that we're walking in grace. That's the deception. Many people confuse grace and mercy, which is something we'll get on here in a bit. So, back to verse uh, 32. Are you still with me? So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able. Everybody say able. able. Now, that word able there is the, the word dunamis comes out of that same root word there. It just means uh, possible or to, to be of power or has potential. Okay? Um, has the potential to produce something, so which is able. In other words, this word, this message, this word of grace, this gospel of grace has the potential to do something. Are you still with me? Now, we're taking our time defining this for a purpose. Because I've taught on grace dozens and dozens of times. And I still get amazed Sometimes of what we miss, what we don't grab hold of. Are you still with me? I don't say that to belittle. I don't, that's not my point. My point is, grace is constantly available. Some of the things that we struggle with, we should not be struggling with. Because grace is readily available. Some of the things we have, we're up and down with in our life, we should not be up and down with in our life. Because grace is readily available. The things that we can't finish, we should be able to finish. Why? Because grace is readily available. The things we burn out on, we shouldn't be burning out on. 
because grace is readily available. The things we stress about, we shouldn't be stressing about because grace is readily available. This grace, this word, this message, this good news of His grace, which is able to build you up, to build you up, means to build upon, to erect something. Literally means to rear up, to construct something, to strengthen, reinforce, or bring increase. So it's talking about this grace is on the scene. Now we can begin to, to build on something. Well, you're not going to be stuck in some point or, or place in your life that you can't get beyond. When grace is, is activated in your life, we can build now upon something. We can take you higher. Without it, we sit here and we spin our wheels. Usually, I don't know if you've ever been stuck in mud. Um, I, don't, I don't know out here as much as you get in the Midwest and you get this thick, fertile dirt, and if it gets the least bit, you know, soupy with water, you know, maybe abundance of rain or whatever, I mean, my goodness, it is, you get stuck in that mess, you think you, I mean, four-wheel drive or not, you start sitting to spin your wheels, you're not moving forward, you're, you're almost sinking, are you hearing me? And sometimes that's the picture I get when we have believers that are trying to to move forward, they think they're moving forward in God or wanting to move forward in God, but not drawn on grace. They sit here and they just, just tearing it up, trying to dig, move forward, and all they do is wear themselves out. Pretty soon they're tired, they're done with it, they're throwing in their hand, throwing in the towel. They're more concerned about who ain't doing and what ain't happening and this and that and constantly instead of just drawing on grace. You know, you can boo-hoo and, are you okay? I'm, you can bellyache about everything else. I ain't going to excuse you from work. I ain't going to excuse you from what you got to put your hand to. You still have to put your hand to the plow and move forward. You're still called. You still got to, you're still, uh, you know, supposed to be doing something. Come on, somebody. Well, I just don't, I don't give a rip what everybody else is not doing. You're still called to God to do something. Listen, I'm not mad, okay? God ain't mad. Hallelujah. But, you know, we should finish this. I don't know if you know this, but uh, it's, it's not so much how you start this thing. It's how you finish. And without grace, it's going to be hard to finish. I'm not taking away your salvation. I'm not saying, oh, you're, you're, you're now hellbound because you didn't you know, work hard enough. That ain't what we're saying. We're just saying, you know, there's a better way to live. And if we let God, amen, be a part of everything we do, God now can build on something. Bring strength, bring increase, amen, literally. Start constructing something in your life that takes you toward destiny, praise God. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Are you still with me or did you already shut me off? <clears throat> well, the biggest challenge for me is how much of this do I share today? But we'll be fine. 
he, this word, this message, not only will, is there to build you up, but it says also to give you an inheritance. So grace is necessary for you to walk in your inheritance. Now, I think as the Amplified says, your rightful inheritance. I thought it was pretty good. A rightful inheritance. So, inheritance. The word means uh, possession. Um, it also means um, portion or allotment. It means a lot, like, like you would use the phrase, your lot in life kind of a deal. Um, means uh, fate, fortune, future, destiny, all of that moving you forward. And the one thing that I want to bring out, maybe just kind of throw a little nugget out there right now, grace is all about moving you forward towards your future. Mercy is all about covering your past. You don't have to chase after mercy. Mercy is already there. Now, I'm saying that for a purpose. Because a lot of times when we do take the time to finally go to God, we're too busy trying to get a cover over our yesterdays. Wasting your time. What you need is an empowerment to move you forward. There's already mercy readily available. And if you need to repent, repent. Then move on. Okay? Grace is about moving you forward. So He can build upon something, so He can bring into your possession, praise God, what's rightfully yours. Life gets better when you walk in what's yours. Life gets better when things are built upon in your life. Life gets better in God. All right, <clears throat> which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Amen. All those that are consecrated their life, set their life apart, all those patriarchs of faith, everything that's happened thus far, all those that walked in their inheritance, walked in their uh, promises, praise God, is also, praise God, called for you. You too can walk in your full inheritance. Can I hear a big Amen. Now, all of this is necessary for you to walk in this. Paul lets it be known. I made a statement of it earlier. That he said, all that I am and all that I do, I do because of grace. Maybe time will we'll go to some of them texts here. Ephesians 3, Romans 15. Okay, multiple places where Paul let it be known. I do what I do because of the grace of God. All right? All right. Romans 5. Let's go there real quick. Romans 5. <clears throat> Again, a few intense moments, but uh, our heart is not to, uh, you know, make anybody feel less than by any means. But we are here to challenge you a little bit about your thoughts on grace, about what is available. Amen. I, I, you know, think about this. How many times we just don't even get real and honest with ourselves about some things. If something isn't happening or manifesting like it should, maybe there's a reason. If something isn't moving forward like it should, maybe there's a reason. And what we want to do sometimes as a cop-out, we say, well, it's in the Lord's hands. Now, God says, no, it's in your hands. Well, it's all about God. God says, that's fine. Come to me, and I'll make sure you have everything you need so you can do it. Because you're the one with the authority and dominion here on planet Earth. 
But God wants to be there to help you through it all. But just to sit back and say, it's all God doing everything is a deception. And it's grieves my heart. And I got people moan church making those kind of statements. The whole time God is waiting on us. Come, draw near. And you have the promise that when you draw near, He draws near to you. God is never going to leave you hanging. But just to sit back and do nothing, waiting on God to do something, isn't how this works. All right. Said a lot already, haven't I? Romans 5, verse 17, please. Common text here. This whole text, he's dealing with grace and the law. He makes a statement here in verse 17, For if by one man's offense, talking about Adam here, the, the first Adam, for by one uh, man's offense, in other words, the mistake that he made, death reigned. Everybody say reigned. reigned. Death reigned through the one. Much more those who receive, those who receive, any receivers in the house today? Those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Those who receive. The implication is there could be those who don't. Let's come back to this verse. Put uh, Hebrews 12, 15 on the board, if you will. Hebrews 12 and 15 says this, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. You notice you could fall short of the grace of God? See, if it was just about, if it was just on God, this would be a verse that would be unfair. If it was all about God just doing it for the sake of doing it, then it'd be unfair for him to say that we've fallen short of it. Did you get that? Okay, the word falling short here, um, it means this, to, to lack or be deficient of. So be, be cautious or careful lest you uh, become deficient, become short of grace, deficient of grace, or lack grace. All right, put Acts 13 and 43. Let's just go through a few verses here. Acts 13, verse 43 says, Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. So that means that you there's a chance that you may not continue in it. What, right? Come on. So the word continue means to remain, to abide, or to stay you know, and stay with it, stick with it, the grace of God. So the point we're trying to make is this. You could come up short. This is why giftings sometimes don't manifest like they should. Callings don't come to, come to fruition. This is why leadings and biddings that we have sometimes never come to pass because we stop drawing on grace. So we give up and quit. And what usually ends up happening is now we're mad at God, mad at everybody else, down with the body, down with the church, down with the preacher, down with ourselves. And the whole time it could be changed. 
because grace is so readily available. Put uh, Galatians 2, let's put a couple of them up there of Galatians. Galatians 2 and 21 says this, I do not set aside the grace of God. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. I do not set aside the grace of God, which means that you could. The word set aside here means to frustrate or to nullify, to make void. Paul says, I refuse to frustrate, nullify, or make void the grace of God, which means that we could do that. Put Galatians 5 and 4 up. It says, you have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. In other words, by your own power, your own strength. You have fallen from grace. Do you recognize that all of these are letters to the church? This is not to the world. This is to the church. So this word here, uh, fallen, it means to be driven off course. You've been driven off course. The point we're making, and there's other references we're just going to leave, but the point is we could come up short of grace. So if the, the reference, or pardon me, the definition being a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in your life. If we come up short of that, what are we reflecting? So if there's no divine influence, something else. All right. Back to Romans 5. For if by one, verse 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, in fact, earlier he calls it a free gift of righteousness, will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. The word reign here, to reign in life, uh, means to rule as a king. In fact, some of your translations will even bring that out. But it means, literally means the foundation of power. Foundation of power and authority. It speaks of that which has strength to govern, confidence to win, and a commanding stability. So if there is no, you know, if we're not, if we're not receiving the abundance of grace and the gift, what happens is now we're not going to reign like we should. So we lack then this foundation of power. Everybody say foundation. It's the foundation of power. Everything we're talking about, this here is Gospel 101. Receiving grace and righteousness. 101, right here. And many miss it. So we're trying to walk this thing in God, and we stumble and now we're riddled with condemnation because the enemy sees to it that you come up short and then he mocks you and ridicules you because you did come up short. Because that's what he does. So here comes the condemnation. Here comes the shame. Here comes the guilt. Embarrassment. And the whole time, everything you needed to get the job done was right there. 
Everybody say receive. Receive, receive it. Lambano is the, is the Greek word. And it literally means to, um, to, to seize what's been offered. To seize what's been offered. Those who receive what's been offered. To, to literally to, um, to, to seize it. Okay? Seize it. Hallelujah. What's been offered. The abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. I think I'm going to throw this in here later on in this chapter. It says that grace reigns through righteousness. It's key. Uh, righteousness. Even though my message isn't about righteousness, it, it's, it's a big part of it. Uh, the word righteousness means rightness or, or being in a place of right standing. You are in a place of right standing already. Past tense. You're the righteousness of God because of what Jesus did. Now, it's necessary because of the next verse we're going to. You don't have to try to gain acceptance from God. You don't have to convince God to love you more. You don't have to convince God to be merciful to you, even though you've been, you know, you've fallen on your face a dozen times. You don't have to do any of that because it's already been done. And there's a reason that he did it. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Put that on the board. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Everybody say boldly. That means with confidence and assurance. That means without guilt or shame. If we don't receive who we are in Christ as the righteousness of God, you'll never go to God with any kind of confidence or assurance of anything. You'll spend most of your time that you do go to God trying to somehow get forgiven for something you've already been forgiven for, to get mercy for something you've already have mercy for. Mercy is new every day. It's not justifying sin. Your only way out of sin, your only way out of that mess, your only way out of that issue is with grace to move you forward. It isn't trying to get more and more and more and more mercy. You just sit and spin your wheels and you keep repeating the past. What you need is grace to move you forward, to get you out of the mud, to get you out of the issue, to get you out of the problem. Do you know most people, most people's futures are based on their past? Let me define it. I'll try to. The whole time God has your future in His heart and in His hands. He's waiting for you to come so He can hand you your future. But what we do is we base our future on our past. Things like this. I'm not going to be like my dad. I'm not going to be like my mom. I'm not going to be like society as a whole. I'm not going to be like the, the mistakes back there. Now, what did you just do? 
We'll go good. I'm going to be just like that guy. I'm going to try to be that guy. I'm going to try to do it just like that. What are you doing? So, well, Pastor, wait a minute. Is that bad? Grace is what moves you forward. When it's all based on something back here, it's your empowerment now trying to fulfill that. Trying to not be like this person or trying to be like this person. Trying to not repeat history again when all along you're still in your own power. You are bound to repeat history again. The whole time God says, come to me. Come to me and I'll empower you to do what you're called to do. You know, even, even you know, last week we did a message on heroes of faith. Doggone good message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you know, even God never really ever points you back there unless he just, the word says he brings things up as an example. But he moves you forward always. God didn't ask you to be Moses. He didn't ask you to be Daniel. He didn't ask you to be David. He didn't ask you to be any of our patriarchs of faith. They were called to be that. You're called to be you. And you're called to fulfill what you're called to be. Nobody else in the room is called to be what you're called to be. Nobody in this room is called to do what you're called to do. Nobody is. But if everything about our future is based on things behind us, we'll never fulfill it. regardless of how you feel about dad, mom, or whoever. Because there's only one, or actually I should say it this way, it's, it's about the Godhead, because we're going to see through the course of all this, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, come on. Okay, the Godhead, the script, we would a lot of times refer to it as the Trinity, which is that, that was not a Bible word. Come on, somebody. It's the word Godhead. Just a little tidbit, but... Here we're seeing, we're, we're called unto the Father. Come to the Father. Come on. Therefore, come with confidence. So if you already know who you are in God, amen, even though you made a mistake. Has anybody ever made a mistake? Yeah. All three of you. Let's try that again. Anybody ever made a mistake? Yeah. My goodness, look at your neighbor and say, did you make a mistake? Now look at your other neighbor. Did you make a mistake? So that means everybody in the room has made mistakes? Wow. Which camera's on? This one? Have you made mistakes? Isn't that amazing? We've all made mistakes. Now, we're not condoning mistakes. We're not saying, it's okay, go do what you want, live like you want, because that's not, the, that's not how it works. Because if you're drawing on grace, you won't go out there and live like you used to live. With grace, all of a sudden, you're walking and living the way you're destined for, fulfilling and receiving and being built up and walking in your inheritance, praise God. Yes, Reigning in life as a king himself, praise God. Yes, and by the way, the word is very clear. You are royalty. Amen. So anyway, come boldly to the throne of grace. You notice he calls it the throne of grace. That you may obtain mercy. That word there, again, a lambanos, that word obtain. And mercy is always readily available. But then it says, and find 
grace. Now, remember, here's what we're trying to do with this series. We're rightly dividing the word of truth. So if there's a right way to divide the word of truth, guess what? There's a wrong way. And hopefully through the course of this series, we're going to show you, coming from every direction, to show you, amen, how easy it is to draw on grace, but how necessary it is for you to draw on grace. And to just assume that it's going to be dumped on you is a falsehood. You come with confidence to the throne of grace to obtain the mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The word find. Let's go ahead and define it. I better get there, I guess, first, huh? Hebrews 4. <clears throat> Define grace. There it means to discover it, to locate it, to learn it, to perceive it. Amen. Everybody say, throne of grace. Throne of grace. Define grace. Makes sense, right? You want to find grace? Where do you go? Well, let's see. Where should we go? Um, you try the throne of grace? Well, it must be because if it's a divine influence, so it's got to come from Mr. Divine himself. So if I'm busily being influenced by everything else that's not so divine, it might even be good-meaning people. But if it ain't divine influence, then it affects what's imparted in the seat of control, the center, the core, and that always, that's why, that's why Jesus said everything, the issues of life, the mouth speaking, how you walk and conduct life, all comes out of the heart of man. It's all based on how you were. The word says, out of the abundance of the heart. So what has been influencing your heart, the will, the core, the decision maker, will always be reflected in your life. So if we don't spend any time before Mr. Divine to get divine influence, chances are it's not going to be reflected. There's probably something will come up later, but um, grace is defined as is, 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 is in Scripture, is re referred to as strength, referred to as power, referred to as the hand of God. And so if we're not seeing strength, we're not seeing power, we're not seeing the hand of God, it could be just a thought I'm having. There is no grace. So if there is no grace, we haven't taken the time to be strengthened, to be empowered, and to see, and or probably should say it this way, to allow the hand of God to do things. We're too busy trying to do it ourselves. And you might even be saying that in the name of God himself. Well, I'm just trusting God. Are you? I'm just waiting on God. 
What does that mean? Is anybody hearing me? See, what happens with the message of grace is it comes down to this. Probably sound like most of the messages coming out of here, but it comes down to this. What is it you're going to do with it? What is it you're going to be responsible for maybe? And I use that word loosely, but what are you going to walk in accountability? It's probably a better word. Walk in accountability concerning your part in this. Are you spending time with him? Are you drawing on him? Have you, have you taken the time to move into God and to, to let God speak into your life? There's three areas. I know there are more, but the three that came to me um, this week, you know, um, the reasons why most people never really come to God, okay? Intimidation, um, impatience, and immorality. That's why most people won't come to God. First off, intimidation. They're fearful. They have nothing to be fear, fearful about. But they're fearful. Listen, I'm telling you right now, this is all the same stuff that happened to the children of Israel. When God called them out of Egypt, He said, Come unto me, unto the mount of God, and worship me. Same thing. God's calling you out. Please, come on out of your mess. Come on out of your issue. Come on out of the... Egypt was called the house of bondage. Come on out of the house of bondage. Come unto me. Please, just, just come unto me. I'll, I'll give you rest. I'll give you strength. Times of refreshing, times of, of restoration, all that come out of the presence of God. Pleasures forevermore, all come out of the presence of God. Come unto me, come unto me, come unto me. Oh, I can't. Why? Because I, I've fallen, I've flopped, I've made mistakes. But you're the righteousness of God. But you don't understand, Pastor. I totally understand. Three DUIs as a Christian. That's horrible. Who the heck did that? In and out of jail after I got saved. And if it wasn't for the message of righteousness, I guarantee you I would not be standing here today. Because it was that that now allowed me to draw on God every day, even though I was reminded at times staring at these off-blue grayish walls with bars on the other wall, hello somebody, reminding me of what I did last night. What I did yesterday, yesteryear. But yet the Spirit of God says, come on, come on. Let me build on something. Let me, let me cause you to walk in your inheritance. Come on. Come on. Just keep coming to me. Come on. Come on. Now one time says, I don't know what your issue is, boy. I saved you and you do this to me. What you need is a swift kick and a bump. I had relatives tell me that. I'll leave that alone because some of them are watching. But uh, uh, as far as God, the whole time he keeps doing this. Come on. Just come on. Just keep coming to me. Just keep coming to me. Just keep coming to me. So a lot of people don't come because of intimidation. And the whole time, God made a way so you don't have to be intimidated. That's why he says, come with confidence. Come with boldness. Because 
Jesus paid a price. I'm the righteousness of God. Had nothing to do with Jerry Roberts. Not one thing. Isn't that amazing? Not one thing. Jerry Roberts became the righteousness of God because of nothing he did. It was all based on what Jesus did. So Jesus made a way. The Father sent the only begotten Son, why? To pay a price, to make a way so that they could become in a place, they could come into a place of right standing so then His empowerment, grace, on a daily basis now can reign through that because you can constantly come to God without fear, without intimidation, without any kind of thing to hinder you. You have a way made unto God. Besides, if you just stopped and think about it, he has all the answers. But the devil wants us to keep you out of the throne, keep you away from God. He wants you to be intimidated. He wants you to be fearful. So you got people that don't come based on, on intimidation. We got people that don't come based on impatience. I don't got time to pray. Dude. You're wasting more time by not praying. You're wasting more time by not being influenced. You're wasting more time by not spending time with Him. You think that, well, I ain't got time to spend that half hour with Him or 45 minutes or whatever you want. Well, you know, I just don't have time to stop and talk to God. Yes, but now you're out here stewing, kicking your truck because the darn thing don't work. Mad at the world because you ain't got enough to, to meet, the, meet in. So now you try taking on a third job trying to make it work. The whole time the Spirit of God has answers. Let me help you. I got this. That's ignorance gone to seed. Listen, there's no condemnation with that statement. It's just the facts. The one that has all the answers is the one that's wooing you right now and saying, please, please. Come talk to me. Let me help you. Let me empower you. Let me give you answers. Let me walk you through this. You know, I use it as an illustration. I've done it many times. And I don't, I don't know. Until I get another one, I'm going to just keep using it. But, um, you know, if I said, you know, hey, I have this uh, thing I bought, and I, I just want to give it to you. Um, I got this vehicle. I used to say like a Cadillac, an Escalade or something. Maybe you like a truck. What do you like? Okay, anyway, I have one of those. And uh, paid in full, um, title, I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you. It's yours. Um, all I ask is, um, um, would you come to the house and pick it up, please? because I, I, I don't want to have to bring it to town. I want you to come to the house and pick it up. Now, you, de you, you, de you determine when. I'll let you determine that. So that's on you. When you want to do this, just, just let me know, and, and you can come out, and you have it. It's yours. No strings attached. It's on you. So if you don't come out to the house, that thing just sits there, and my taking up my driveway. Come on. It's got your name on it. Until you come and get it, it just sits there. It's on you. Now, you can get mad at me because I didn't bring it to town, but that'd be foolish. See, all God's saying, listen, 
You can have anything you want here. All grace is fact. In fact, 1 Peter 4, First Peter 5, pardon me, he, he is referred to as the God of all grace. What is it you need? He says, but all I ask is come to the house and pick it up. That's all I ask. Just come to the house. I ain't got time. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm right now I'm upset because I don't know what I'm supposed to do about this thing. So I just ain't got time to go out there because I got to handle this and I got to take care of this and I got the family, you know, and the kids over here and the financial deal and this health thing going on over here. I ain't got time to go out to your house. Enjoy life. You notice? He won't chase you down. He won't force himself on you. You don't want it? You don't have to have it. It's on you. I've got a half a dozen references alone just talking that you have to come to him to receive. It isn't hard. Here's how it starts. Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done. I receive empowerment, your strength, your power, your hand at work. I receive your grace. Father, thank you for empowering me today to do what I'm called to do and to be what I'm called to be. Thank you, Lord, for handing me my future, my destiny. Thank you for the answers. Is there anything hard about that? Is, I'm asking a simple question. Is there anything hard about that? Now, one thing hard about that. What did you just do? You just made a decision to come to the throne of grace with some confidence. And now all of a sudden you're now allowing him now to empower you. To do what you're called to do. God does, never wants to leave you hanging. I've had too many Christians giving up and quitting. And I can start talking about grace. Yeah, 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 I know. No, you don't. Yeah, 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 I get it. No, you don't. Because if you were empowered by grace, you wouldn't quit. You wouldn't give up. You wouldn't be stressed out. You wouldn't be overwhelmed. Grace, readily available. Why don't you come on up to the house? Give you everything you need. He tried that with the children of Israel. Come on up to the mountain. Oh, no. Phew, no, phew, no. You go, Moses. No different. You go, Pastor. It's not hard. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Intimidation, impatience, immorality. I really didn't want to close with that one, but anyway, it is. Okay, you just want to live in it. Some people just flat, when you get honest, you just like living in it. You can walk free from it. You just like living in it. No, I'm addicted. No, that's what you want everybody else to think. 
Is there ain't an addiction out there that God can't handle. There ain't a problem out there that God can't handle. And I don't say that to make light of your situation. I say that for this reason. You want answers? God has them. You want power? God has it. You want strength? God has it. You want divinely influenced for whatever situation? God has it. You're struggling with parenting? God has the answers. You're struggling with your marriage? God has answers. You're struggling with your health? God has answers. Struggling with wisdom about something? God has that too. How about that, huh? Struggling with your finance? God has help with that too, to help your problem there. Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter what it is. I guarantee you there's an answer. And you have nothing holding you back from time spent with God. Nothing. None of you have too big a sin that God can't cover it. Too big a problem that God can't handle it. Yes, but I've done that three or four or five or ten times. Just jump in line. Because I believe me, you're not alone with that one. So let's just go to the one that has the answers. Keep coming. Drawn on grace. Drawn on divine influence. Amen. So we can now reflect this in our life and be the men of God we're called to be, to be the women of God that we're called to be, to be the parents that we're called to be, to be the people of God walking in their destiny. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Did you get something today? Come on, give God praise. Why don't you all stand up? Hallelujah. God is so good. <clears throat> Did you get something? Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> next, I don't know, a couple weeks, whatever we'll spend on this thing. Um, this is the intro. Amen. And uh, we're going to finish like we're supposed to. That's what we're going to do. I made up my mind. That's what we're going to do. All right. Yep. Anybody else in agreement? That's what we're going to do. We're going to finish the way we're supposed to. We're going to walk this thing out to the end. Amen. And receive the just rewards. Amen. Whenever that time comes that we're standing in His presence, until then, I'm going to keep walking in that grace, amen, and fulfill what we're called to fulfill and to see this thing through, amen. God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your empowerment, that divine influence. Thank you for every leading, bidding, prompting of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your voice that speaks into every situation of our life. Father, thank you for wisdom and counsel. Thank you for strength and courage. Thank you, Lord, for comfort. Thank you, Lord, for courage. Thank you, Lord, for all that's readily available. Hallelujah. Within that grace, we give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Turn to somebody. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. 
we understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.